You're listening to Leadership Game Changers, conversations with heart and humor. On today's episode, I am so honored to have Suki Han, a trailblazer in coaching and one of the first master certified coaches in Korea. With over two decades of coaching experience, Suki shares her inspiring journey from being a successful PR professional to becoming an acclaimed coach. She tells us about the pivotal moment that led her to coaching and the profound transformation she underwent, crossing the vast ocean from logical communication to the nuanced realm of coaching. This insightful conversation with Suki uncovers the layers of her coaching philosophy and the incredible impact she's had, earning her the Coach of the Year Award in Korea in 2018. Suki's metaphorical climb up the mountain of coaching resonates. And it reminds us that coaching is not just a profession, but a journey of self-discovery and service to others. Let's go meet Suki. Okay. So Suki, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, I'm so honored to be invited to to, to such a good podcast with you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Well, the, the first question I always ask all my guests, is what do you want listeners to know about you? Okay, I'm an executive coach based in Seoul. I am the founder of Hans Coaching, a specialized coaching firm. And I have been working as executive coach since 19 years. So mm-hmm. I can say that I am one of first generation of executive coach in Korea. So, and wow. I am one of a, uh, one of MCC, uh, one of a 15 MCC now in Korea. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. 19 yeah. years. What, what inspired you to get into coaching 19 years ago? Uh, I was uh, working in PR field and it was not so spiritually rewarding. Mm. There was something always missing until I, I have. 40. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have good, I had good career. I had good educational background. I had good family, but, but there is always something missing, mm-hmm. deep missing. But uh, my mentor, uh, but, but I don't know why. Uh, I was smart, but uh, I was smart only in school, but not in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then one of my mentor who has been studied in the US and has been exposed to, to coaching mm-hmm. recommended me there is coaching mm-hmm. there is a, a code of coaching and I think it will fit perfectly with you wow. and then <laughs> uh, and then I went to coaching class and the first day I knew it's just is it. Wow. Where did you do your first coaching class? Uh, uh, they explained the wholeness of a human being. Mm. <laughs> and then how our mind is working inside and how it is our in, inner side and our action and the result are uh, uh, interrelated. Wow, beautiful. And did you start in California or in London or where, where did you do? Oh, your in first Seoul. Class? Yeah. Oh, you Seoul. did the first one in Seoul. Okay. So, yes. And wow. then just after I met Coactive Coaching, after I started, one year after I started coaching in Seoul, I met uh, Coactive Coaching. And it was shocking, shocking. <laughs> wow. what, what shocked you about it, Suki? Yeah. There is no book, there is no PowerPoint. (laughs) And then uh, the most shocking is the being of two leaders. They are so open, they are so embracing. And so uh, by seeing them to walk, uh, I I set the goal that I want to be there. Mm. And then five years after, I couldn't, I could be there. <laughs> so you started leading courses for C- CTI years yes, later. Yes, what was the yes. scariest thing for you or the most challenging uh, thing about taking the leap from working mm-hmm. in PR to, mm-hmm. to being a coach? 
Yeah. At first, it was I was shocked to find that I had almost zero capability, zero ability in in relational co uh, communication. Wow. Even though I was good at logical communication, I I am I feel I felt like a dumb. <laughs> there is a big <laughs> there is a big difference between what I had and what is required to be a coach. So it's like crossing the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> That's incredible. So I, yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't realize that it was such a big leap for you, that, that there was so much to learn. It's yeah. very courageous of you to go for it. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. But it was very challenging and very, very juicy. Because uh -huh. that part was something that I missing that is a vid big vid inside me. Yeah. So I had I had to change my way of being. I so I had myself trained for a long time for seven years uh, by T group training mm -hmm. to learn how to interact deeply with people. Mm. So like a baby like a baby learn how to speak for the first time well uh, thank you for sharing that what are you most proud of Suki as you look back at that period uh, okay okay I had uh, at that time I had only one goal to be good at coaching skill uh, to be able to help as many people as possible so making money not making money not to be mm -hmm. famous not to have a personal reputation or not to be mm -hmm. successful in business that's not my that was not my goal <laughs> yeah that's beautiful Just, I, I have I, only yeah. one goal <laughs> yeah I, I know that about you because I got to lead in South Korea with you yeah. in in yeah. March and okay. it was um it was so beautiful the generosity in the room at, at all times, how you take care of your participants, uh, how you uh -huh. devote yourself to making it the best possible experience for everyone, including mm -hmm. me, because I felt okay. exquisitely looked after when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was amazing. So you were you were actually awarded coach of the year. You had to cross the Pacific and get on the other <laughs> side, and then you became coach of the year in 2018. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like a puzzle, uh, a puzzle that uh, and to complete what I what was missing inside me, and <clears throat> and then I did deliberative practice for a long time to practice my way of being, my interaction skill. So, um, uh, so. Uh, I use a deliberative practice. It's a it's an exercise, you know. You it's an exercise uh, created by Ander Erickson mm -hmm. and Gerard Moxley. It comes from the science expertise, uh, purposeful and systematic with mindful repetition and immediate feedback. Wow! So it's really how to build a habit very build build a new habit quickly. Yeah. And then have empathy, or, or and have empathy with with anyone who I'm whom I meet. That's great. It's it's it makes me think of the question I often get in leadership trainings where people say, you know, if if you have a leader who is very heady and not empathetic at all, is it possible actually to learn? And yes, you know, living yes. proof that it is possible. Yeah, yeah. because we. We are all born with empathy potential. With age, when we get age four, we all have empathy capacity. But the power kills the empathy uh, ability. Mm. No? So power. the more we have power, the less we have uh, empathy ability. Mm, that's really interesting. So, and the more we have power, the more then we have to make a conscious effort to not yes. let empathy yes. slip yes. away. 
Yeah, yeah. That's why the training for the leader is needed for coaching yeah. skill and empathy communication skill is needed. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite thing about being a coach? Be be a, be a coach. What's your favorite part of about being a coach? Yes. Um the the most uh, uh, one thing that I like the most is that the more I have uh, the more I have to be able to support. Before I was a person who owed to other people, <laughs> like my mom, etc. Mm -hmm. Now I help others. So it's a transition of existence from beneficiary to mm. beneficial. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And second good thing is to have a continual motivation to grow. There is a mountain. And once I climb up the mountain, there is another beautiful mountain behind. <laughs> but that's not tiring. <laughs> That wow, gives, it gives uh, always a motivation to climb up or another mountain. Yeah, and, and help people up. Help yes, people up, yeah. the, up the mountain. Yeah, um, yeah. It, what about your least favorite? What is the most challenging part for you of being a coach? I think there's not, not many things to <laughs> challenge or least, least favorite, favorite thing about being a coach. What can I say? Ah, in Korea, sometimes when I, uh, in organizational coaching, we have to write a report. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's really scary. <laughs> so I have uh, in dilemma between performance proof, 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 and then confidentiality. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that's a challenge for most coaches working in, in organizations. Any tips, any any tips you, you have for coaches who struggle with that, having to create a report and, and hold uh -huh. confidentiality? So, uh, but uh, we, I think there are two kinds of customer. One is billing customer, one is a real a real client. Yeah. So I have to, uh, I have to satisfy both. So yeah. instead of writing in detail the, the report, I report by communication. Ah. In report, uh, briefly, I report in br briefly in mm -hmm. writing, but I report by call or by Zoom mm -hmm. because it is not, not written and it is not left. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and it, does the client know about what's being shared with the, the company? Of course. Of yeah, course. of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They know, like they know. They know by instinct. Yeah. <laughs> there is no secret. <laughs> no secrets. Yeah. Okay. How how has I mean I know this must be um this is a question you probably have a lot of answers to, but what stands out when I ask you the question, how has coaching changed your life? Hmm. Uh, I feel more capable than before. I feel myself more equipped. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a transition from life in the service of me to the life of uh, in the service of others. And, and another thing is I am now more grounded with life purpose, a very clear life purpose. Mm. So I'm a snowball, which uh -huh. help support people to raise their awareness or, or awaken their uh, awareness to, mm -hmm. to, to uh, raise their level of consciousness mm -hmm. to a higher level. Mm. to Beautiful. include yeah include all the universe wow that's a very powerful life purpose statement and a snowball and you're dressed in white did you dress like a snowball today in white <laughs> yes <laughs> okay oh. it rolls yeah. it rolls the more it rolls the more it has impact on 
the world. Yeah, and that is true. That is who you are. You have had major impact on okay. coaching in South Korea. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so maybe some, some tips for listeners, because you've been coaching for almost 20 years and your career has been so successful. Um, what has helped you become so successful as a coach? Mm -hmm. Yes, human is a complex. Uh, I guess it, it takes a whole village to evoke transformation because human is by nature complex. So uh, have a good understanding of that complexity mm -hmm. uh, and have, passion, have compassion on uh, humans' irrationalism. Mm. So can you yeah. can you say more about that? That's a very interesting statement. Can you say more about yeah. that? Yeah, uh, So uh, action. Uh, there is action, and there is always a, uh, underneath. There is an underlying force. So look at the underlying force, and the, the very uh, 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 very uh, in the deep level, there is an unconscious level. Mm -hmm. So. So look for what's happening under the surface. Look for, for what's unconscious yeah. and bring it yes. to consciousness. Yeah, yes, yes. So I think coaching is about dealing with the incongruency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are so many kind of incongruency inside us. Action and thinking and thinking and feeling and... Wait. And then dream and capability and expectation and reality and what is surface and what is underneath. And there's always incongruency. So the coaching is to deal with this kind of incongruency to find out what is real, what is real and what is authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would be your 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 hot tips or best advice for people who are just getting started as coaches to become better coaches? Maybe people who've just been coaching for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, when they start, the, I think the most important thing is reflect why you want to be a coach. Mm -hmm. because the mechanism of helping others is so complex. I translated the book Tricky Coaching by uh, Manfred Cattivari. Uh, it's about the inner theater of client and inner theater of coach is, is meeting and there is a complexity. So the psychological needs to be an important person to someone else might be lead to a false altruism. Mm. Uh, it might be a obsession, uh, must or should from experience of early childhood family or a result of an unsolved problem of original family. So mm -hmm. uh, it can be or approval addict, so all mm -hmm. this kind of thing is called rescuers syndrome. Mm -hmm. mm. So that so. is, that's very interesting, Suki. So it's, it's it just examine your motivations on a deep level, why you want to be a coach, yes. why you're coaching. Yes. And what if, what exactly. if somebody is already a professional coach and they realize that there is some dysfunction in their motivation or in their drive to be a coach? What advice would you have for those people? So coaching is a uh, uh, two inner theater is is to me two theater. Uh, sorry again. Yeah, <laughs> coaching two inner, yeah. inner theaters, right? The inner theater yeah. of the coach and the inner theater of the, the client. of a client is meeting together. Mm. So the the relationship can be tricky. So look at I love look that. at yeah. their own inner theater first. And then define and clarify what's the purpose, what's the real motivation to be a coach. Yeah, I love that metaphor, the inner theater. It's it's a great way of putting it. So much going on, so many characters. 
Yes. <laughs> Sometimes so much drama. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so drama <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good guys and bad guys, all sorts of stuff going on in our inner theater. Um, how about what is the best compliment or feedback? And I know that this is also a challenging question to, to answer because you've been coaching for so many years. Um, mm -hmm. But can you think of a moment where you got a piece of feedback that really touched you? Yes, there was a, a very higher level executive. He was about to be fired and the coaching was the last gift from the company. So he was so, so frustrated and very, had very big anger to the organization. So he did not open his, uh, open his heart his mind to coach also because mm -hmm. the company sent the coach to to please him mm -hmm. he thought thought like this and then after 10 session he changed all his mind and he became um forgive he became he know he knew the forgiveness forgiveness for the company forgiveness for himself and his final wording was so touching he said i asked what's the learning what's the takeaway from this all this session and he said i get to love myself more and i get to love understand the company more <laughs> oh that's wonderful yeah, so he still left the company, but he left in a completely different state. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about the what about the most important lesson you would say you've learned during your or throughout your career that you think could, could benefit listeners to know? The most mm -hmm. important lesson. Uh-huh. Um uh, there is nothing, uh, there is no absolutely bad thing or no absolutely good thing. Everything mm -hmm. is included. Just, it just be, it just, it's just not visible. So uh, I meet many successful person and my clients are all, all successful men in society, but I found their life is not so fulfilling not so fulfilled so the success is a paradox yeah the success in business in most of case leads to in anxiety and very high level of stress so it's it's a not not lucrative game <laughs> yeah yeah so how do you how do you help executives get their lives back in in balance mm -hmm. i help them to be uh, to be grateful for what they have and oh uh, i help them to have more wider perspective about the relationship between the cause and the result because we only we uh, there are always uh, the relationship between cause and effect, mm -hmm. uh, we tend to see what we want to see. Mm. Yeah. But there is not always only one. There is a several uh, cause and effect relationship, but we only see one cause and, uh, cause and effect relationship. Mm -hmm. So yeah. ex expanding their their perspectives in terms of how they see and perceive their reality mm -hmm. yes yes sometimes reality and perspective is collapsed so tight so we, we didn't be aware we are not aware of it yeah it's like this the, the one unmovable in their minds that an immovable truth that this is just how it is yeah 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 and then also there is uh as i said there is uh, many things uh, in life the cause and effect 
one cause have several effect, but we only see the one cause have one effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so once, really we, once we see the different uh, effect, we have the power of choose. The power of choice and you uh, going back to your snowball effect, it's, it's, it's about bringing consciousness and bringing light into the dark okay. spaces, right? That people are not seeing, like shining okay. a light on it. Okay. Um, so here's another question about um, advice to coaches. What, what would you tell somebody who wants to leave their job and become a coach? Like what advice would you give somebody who's trying to courageously let go of their job to become a coach? Mm -hmm. Let, let go of a job they're not completely mm -hmm. fulfilled by. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to say, trust yourself. What, may, what choice you, you make, trust your choice. Uh, since I made, uh, looking back to my case, since I made decision to be a coach, I was so anxious of my future. Mm. I didn't, uh, but looking back, I didn't need to be so anxious. Life is not losing game at the end. We get something. We get something always. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and we get something out of nothing. We are so, so talented to, to get anxious. We are so easily in getting anxious yeah. with mm -hmm. the smallest uncertain things. Yes. So trust yourself, trust your choice. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Trust yourself and trust your choice. Do you have any books you, you would recommend or a particular book that has shaped you in, mm -hmm. in, this, um, in the last 19 years as a coach? Something you would recommend listeners? Yeah, I'd like to uh, recommend The Inner Game of Timothy Galway. Mm. It's, a, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a classic, it's a classic, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but I like it. I like the triangle of uh, success, performance, learning, and enjoyment. Mm. Before I was, I had only a success, a, a performance, but there is another enjoyment and learning. Yeah, and that seems to be that enjoyment piece that the missing piece for so many people yeah they're learning they're successful but they're not necessarily having yeah enjoyment in their day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. um what's what's a, another lesson that coaching has taught you that you think everyone sh should learn at some point in their life if we have a small success we tend to go over pride over proud mm. And if we have a small uh, failure, we go down, we should. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with the smallest uh, event, we are so oscillating, oscillating, yeah. mm, oscillating. So I think the uh, mental health means not so many yeah. uh, oscillating, yeah. mm, whether we have success or failure. So mm -hmm. the size of response um, of, upon the size of uh, stimulus is appropriate, yeah, need to be appropriate. Yeah, that's very, I think, wise advice. I'm remembering um, when I first started coaching after a, a session, I would think, oh, that was an amazing session. And then later I would get feedback from the client and the client wasn't so impressed. And other times I would come out of a session and I would think, oh, that was not a good coaching. And later I would get feedback and they would say that something incredible happened for them after that coaching as a result of the coaching. And I learned there that it's good to not over-celebrate and over-criticize because yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to, to something you said that's so important is that human beings are complex and we never know really yeah. what, what, what happens, the impact. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think, yeah, it's, it's better to just stay neutral, do the, the best you can 
yeah. and yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah don't let your your mind uh, go overboard thinking about it too much in one direction or in the other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I trained many, many of a professional coach, and I observed that their their pride goes so easily, and their disappointment, <laughs> frustration goes so fast. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. So, so switching for a moment, because you're talking about your students, and I know you've been training coaches in in South Korea now for years. What is, what is coaching like right now in South Korea? Can you tell me a little bit about the coaching yeah. scene? Yeah. In Korea, there are a big boom of coaches. Many, many people flew in in the industry of coaching. We have now more than 10,000 accredited coaches. Wow. There are Korean Coach Association mm -hmm. and ICF chapter. And these two main associations have a lot of event and members and credential coaches. And, and most big companies like Samsung and Hyundai and LG are using coaching for their leader development, right. especially for newly nominated leaders, executive, for onboarding of executive. Smart, very smart. And and how about uh, the interest in creating coaching cultures? In addition to to training managers in in, in the coach approach, mm -hmm. organizations invested in creating a coaching culture. Yes, yes. Uh, they encourage uh, they encourage one on one session or feedbacks one on one feedback session every month or every week. Or they make it a rule. Make it into system mm. <laughs> so, so so the leaders have very deep have big big difficulty of giving feedback mm -hmm. without without hot yeah hurting the other person yeah yeah and and how do you train them because that's a tricky thing all over the world in my experience the struggle yes. with giving feedback what are your tips yeah. to, to leaders uh, for giving good feedback yeah, or not suffering so much. Yeah, yeah, not suffering. <laughs> uh, to be able to give good, good feedback, we have good uh, my uh, growth mindset first. Why I am doing this feedback is from my ego, from to express my frustration. It's not about it. It's for for the service in the service mm -hmm. of uh, their employee. So, so it's, it starts from growth mindset and also uh, the, the expression. So we tend to use uh, generalized, uh, overgeneralizing or over yeah, judgmental way. Why did you do that like this or <laughs> something like this? So uh, use the terminology, uh, use the term neutral. Mm -hmm. And do not use, do not put in, uh, put your emotion into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. like the like the nonviolent communication from Marshall yeah, yeah. Rosenberg, yeah. separating yeah. out the the emotion and the impact from the yeah. facts or yeah. or the yeah. yeah yeah. And another another uh, thing we have to learn is that we have tendency to. Uh, criti criticize others by by using judgmental way but instead of doing that just say what you want for them why mm. did you do that instead of why did you do that no i want you to do blah 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 so like a request yeah i remember yeah. hearing something that, that was very interesting right like every complaint is an unexpressed request yeah okay, yeah good, okay. <laughs> Because he didn't know how he, what he expect to him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing. I, I know that a lot of times when people are told they're going to be given feedback, their fear comes into their body and they get very defensive. And then it's difficult for them to take in the information because they're in the fight or flight yeah. mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we respond by fight or flight response. Yes. Um, so you work with a lot of businesses. What, 
what values do you look for um, or what, what does a business need to have in order for you to say, yes, I'll work with you? Or, or do you say yes to, to all of them? You know, what do you look for in, in terms of working with, with uh, clients? What do you value? Uh, value. Uh, my value is authenticity and payback. So, uh, and gratitude. So, we, I, I, I pay back for what I get, whether I, whether, or what I receive, whether it is a material or it's a heart or it's a opportunity. Yeah, I have a strong value in payback. Mm-hmm. What what kind of client would you possibly choose not to work with? Would there be somebody you would say no to for some reason? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I have, up to now, I have not yet refused <laughs> any, clients. any clients. But it might be that... Um, Someone who is not really, really not willing to get coached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're you're in convincing mode the whole time with them, right? Yeah. I remember a, a CEO of a big national organization, and he is a really, really very fam- uh, uh, famous a uh, 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 economist professor who has a global reputation, but he refused to get coached. But the first day, he didn't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so, <laughs> so angry about his man, HR, send a coach to him. <laughs> look at me and after and sec- in in third session he started to look at me by uh, I said something about the pos- the relationship between leadership behavior and the personality and it has impact on him and he oh, oh, once a second he he looked up <laughs> <laughs> that's the moment of uh, of his opening his uh, mind yes that's Open mind. how long how long did you coach him uh five session wow and what what do you think his biggest takeaway was uh, <laughs> he's now uh, he get more flexible about yeah about a bad result of uh of uh, imp- of his uh, board member because he's a very 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 high level of performance man mm-hmm. he didn't couldn't understand why people uh are, people work so badly <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i think that happens a lot with high performers because they measure everyone by their own yardstick and they, they just expect everyone to be as uh, agile and efficient and successful and good yeah. as they are. And yeah, yeah it yeah, just yeah. Doesn't, doesn't work yeah. like that. That's why they get into those leader leadership positions. Um, yeah. So one more thing about Korean uh, businesses and, and coaching, you know, what, what are yeah. the biggest struggles that uh, leaders are having that you find when you're working with organizations? Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's a new generation. Uh, mm. They yeah Z Z generation they want communication they they want autom- autonomy <laughs> yes and uh, and now it's a remote workplace so leader the the company want leaders to have more conversation more commu- direct co- individual conversation but the leaders have no time. They say they have no time to talk, no time to communication, and no chance to meet in person because everybody uh-huh. is in, in at home, <laughs> no control. So uh-huh. uh, the young generation want more autonomy, but the company want more control. individualized communication. Aha. Uh-huh. 
So what's the solution? How do you help leaders handle that? Uh, communication is not something that you do when you have time. It, you need to do at first priority. I think uh, when we don't have uh, ability, we tend to give less value in it. Yes. So leaders, yeah, yeah leaders ha- <laughs> have difficulty in doing uh, individual communication. Yeah, because so it's, out- they- it's outside their, their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they tend to say that coaching, no, no need. We don't need <laughs> communication. <laughs> we don't need. <laughs> yeah, you know, in Korea there are uh, in university uh-huh. there are more than twenty university there are coachings the coaching program. Yeah, that's wonderful. When when I first got, I got involved in coaching similar to you, I started about 20 years ago. And, yeah. and I remember nobody knew about it. And, and I thought this is, this is going to spread like wildfire, wildfire through, through the world. It's, it's mm-hmm. because it, we could feel that this was something that the world needed and that it worked and that we were moving towards a new yeah. way of, of doing things. And this was a, yeah. a very good vehicle for consciousness. Um, yeah. So let's talk about you for a moment. Um, what, like more on a personal level, what inspires you to kind of be your best self? Especially because I know you're really, really busy. Like what what helps you get up in the morning and, and give it your all, even when you're tired? When I get up in the morning, I awake my body and my soul and my spirit <laughs> and I have some time or 10 or 15 minutes to reflect on and oh, what is, oh, what am I, oh, who I am, who, mm. who I will be for today. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, so simple and profound. Who, yeah. who will I be today? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could, if you could go back in time and and talk to your younger self, mm-hmm. what advice would you give her? Younger, younger Suki. Yeah, if, if you could travel back in time and talk to a younger Suki, what would you tell her? <laughs> uh, 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 from um, my childhood, I love to learn something. And then uh, and share it with someone when I return to home. I remember when I was about nine or ten years, I learned art painting and dancing in private private institute. And I returned home. I immediately searched for someone to teach back <laughs> and share it, mm-hmm. share the joy of learning. <laughs> It, mostly it was my maid <laughs> and I taught her <laughs> I taught her and if she's doing great I feel very proud of myself I feel very fulfilled and if she learned badly I feel very angry and sorry <laughs> <laughs> and push her and challenge her <laughs> that's so funny how old were you you were already a teacher at that age yes, how, yeah. how old were you it's about nine or ten <laughs> Wow. So this is vocational for you. You were always going to be. Yes. yes. I think so. Wow. Um, if, if you, if you shoot forward from your childhood to, to much later in your future, and you think about what you want to be remembered for, mm-hmm. what, what uh-huh. would you say? Ah, remember. <laughs> yeah. If you could be remembered for just one thing, what would you want that to be? Uh, I was lucky to have mom, such a good mom. Hmm. Good means uh, she's introvert and shy, but uh, but uh, one one legacy she left for me is uh, uh, this one. When I ask her something, mommy is always so so uh, with. Big passion, big 
enthusiasm, she replied to me, Mommy, what is that? What is that? Why people are like this? And she replied with a big enthusiasm. And even when she is busy, she never stopped in giving answer. And the next day and the next day, she repeat, come again, again. And Suki, this is the another explanation. This is Suki. I have an, another idea of giving your uh, to your question. Wow. So she was very invested in your learning. Yes, yes. That's so my curiosity, I feel my curiosity uh, was fully supported. Wow. That's the experience of my childhood. Wow, thank you. So thank I, you for sharing that. Is there what what advice did she give you or your father that's still with you today, that still inspires you today? Or or guides you? Uh, so I have three three children and as a mom, I always compare me and to my mom. <laughs> I am less uh, I am less good mommy <laughs> than my mom well we'd have to it's ask a... your your children what they they think but what what advice did she give you that's still that's still with you today uh she passed away but uh but she remains in me mm-hmm. and show me how to do how to live how to be a, a, a mom so tell me tell me about the the most influential people in your life right now the people that yeah inspire you or influence you Um, or have how how they inspired you in the past Mm -hmm. my father-in-law Oh, he's passed he passed away also but he is very busy in his uh, work but uh, when he uh, we after i married i got married we lived together for some time mm-hmm. and after he come back to home he always uh, he wanted to share what he experienced during the day the people, the the member of a national uh, uh, national assembly, or the the high level of uh, government member, and she mm-hmm. share what whom he meet during the day, and he shared only the good thing about them, not bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, what inspired you about that? about him uh, sharing those things at the end of the day and focusing on the good things, not the bad things. He always keep in mind their children. Mm. So when he sees something very good, he bring it to home to mm. bring his children. <laughs> yeah, you know, South Korea, um, in terms of values, it's it's very influenced by Confucius, right? And it's also, I, I understand, really family-oriented. Family is very important in in Korea. Yes. Because the examples you've given with your mom and your father-in-law are, are both of parents who were fully invested in teaching their children every, everything they could okay. enthusiastically. Yeah. I am more lucky <laughs> than usual, but yeah, normally, yes, yes, you are right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, so let's let's start bringing this this to a close. I would love to know um, just if there's anything that we haven't covered in this interview that you really want to share, something I haven't asked you, perhaps that's important to you. Uh, we don't live forever. We live only around 80 or <laughs> so please design yourself. Uh, please design your life as it is meant to be. We get our lives for free. There is nothing to lose. <laughs> Even when we lose something, mm. we get everything for free. <laughs> 
Thank you. That That's a gorgeous statement. Thank you yeah. so much. How can listeners support you or find you on the internet if they wanted to work with you? Uh, I have my website, hanscoaching.com. You can, okay. you can, yeah, access to me or LinkedIn, Suki Han. <laughs> Okay, okay, great. Thank, thank you so much yeah. for my yeah. My yeah. favorite quote is oh yes, tell me your yeah, favorite yeah, quote yeah. <laughs> is "Paradox of Our Age" by Bob Moorhead. You know, uh huh. Yeah, we have taller buildings but shorter tempers, wider freeways but narrower viewpoint, bigger house but smaller families, more convenience but less time more knowledge but less judgment more expert but more problems more medicine but less wellness hmm. well that really speaks to me as i am, am on a wellness retreat right now in, the, in sri lanka yes <laughs> okay thank okay. you so much for your time suki and your wisdom and sharing your experience um, I really appreciate you, admire you, and I look forward to going back to South Korea and working with you in the future. Yeah, for me also, it was so. Uh, it was also honored. I'm so honored to be a guest here. <laughs> we are global podcast. <laughs> yes, it's, the honor is ours for sure. Yeah, okay. Thank okay. you. Okay, thank you so much, Michelle. You are so wonderful. <laughs> Suki is so special to me. <laughs> the more I've gotten to know her, the more she blows my mind. I can't wait to go back to Korea in April and lead with her again. Her profound insights into human nature, unraveling the enigma of unconscious forces, talking about authenticity and coaching. She is full of wisdom. So before we part ways, I'd like to leave you listeners with a couple of questions inspired by Suki. First, consider her metaphor of your inner theater. What scenes are currently playing? Who are the characters? How does it impact your work? And secondly, for those of us who are coaches, what sparked your journey into coaching? What had you decide to become a coach? Take a moment to contemplate these two questions. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn or email. And until next time, thank you for joining me on Leadership Game Changers.